Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office supplies at huge savings? Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. It's Brendan Escott in the big chair today, 1234 in the Capital Region. The team is uh, enjoying an off day down in Florida after that 5-3 loss last night to Tampa, gearing up for uh, a back-to-back set of matinees. This is going to be interesting to see how the team handles it, but they've been in Florida for a while now, like three or four, I guess, by the time they play, four or five days. So uh, I don't know that that's going to be an excuse come the weekend morning. Some guests of Oilers now receive gift certificates to Ruth's Chris Steakhouse. Well, Whether you're celebrating a special moment or simply savoring a night on the town, every meal is an occasion at Roos Chris Steakhouse. So we link up with uh, Louis DeBrusque for GCL Diesel, providing genuine diesel parts and turbochargers at great prices since 1972. GCLDiesel.com. Louis, appreciate you jumping on, man. How's it going today? I'm doing well today, Brennan. How are you? Not bad at all. Uh, hey, you had the call last night alongside Jack on the TV side of things, and overall, I thought Edmonton actually looked pretty darn good in skating with the two-time defending Stanley Cup champions. And, you know, they got some offense, and ultimately the goaltending or the guys playing in front of them, it just something wasn't quite complete enough for them to even draw one point out of it. But uh, you know, what did you see from uh, from your vantage point in the building? kind of how I saw it too you know I thought Edmonton did enough to win that game no question about that when you look at the way they played I thought they dictated the play for the majority of the game were in control um early goals again though and kind of fluky ones if you ask me if you look at the way they scored their goals um you know friendly fire off the skate of shore on a, a play that looks like it's a nothing play people are in position the Braden point goal again is one that I've watched multiple times again today and there was a lot of things that happened on that play, but it's just, they look like soft goals. You know, when you watch them, you go, how does that puck end up in the net? It seems to happen on a regular basis for Edmonton. And that's really, for me, the biggest problem. They need to find a way to shore up that defensive end, to be a little more aggressive and defend better in front of their goaltender. And the goaltender has to come up with saves when the puck does eventually get to them. Um, that's how you win hockey games. Uh, if you look at the games of late, and especially throughout the course of this year for Edmonton, they've always been able to put up offensive chances. They've always been able to create um, with, with the people they have in their lineup. I mean, they're an offensive team. And they've been able to give their goaltenders, for the most part throughout this season, aside from that 2-11 and 2 stretch, run support. But they get goalied. They get goalied by goalies. And, and goalies, what I mean by that is they'll get up against a hot Marc-Andre Fleury, a hot Matt Murray. They'll go up 
against Bobrovsky the first time they played Florida. They outshot him 17-7 to in the first period, and they had nothing to show for it because Bobrovsky stood on his head. And I mean absolutely stole that game from them for the first half anyway. Then they went off the rails in Florida, scored a bunch of goals in the end of the game. But, you know, I look at the Minnesota game on Sunday. The first four shots against Mike Smith were all between the hash marks or closer that went into the net. I mean, those are unattested, great A opportunities. They beat Mike Smith. Now, you can sit here and argue, yeah, he maybe should have come up with one of those saves or two of those saves. Okay, maybe, maybe not. Those are good shooters that scored those goals. But how is it that that team has those types of chances in the first period of a game unattested? Unattested on your goaltender. So I understand where people are saying, okay, listen, the goaltenders need to be better. There's no question the numbers don't lie. They do need to be better, 100%. But the play in front of them needs to be better too, and I think that's where it starts. And if you look at the five games they won under Woodcroft, the first five games that he coached, Eight goals against in those five wins. That's okay. Well, there was nothing wrong with the goaltending in those games. You know why? Because they played better as a team. They played better defensively. And the goalie, when they had to, three wins by Mike Smith, one by Stuart Skinner, and one by Miko Koskinen, were able to make those saves. And Stuart Skinner gets the only shutout of the year in that process. So. You know, I know people are sitting there saying they need to go find a goaltender. Well, listen, you can go through the pages and go through the Internet like I have multiple times, and I'm sure you have, but what goaltender are you plucking from somewhere to bring in here that you think is going to be the savior when they're playing behind that type of a defensive coverage? And, you know, call those. here's the thing. We talked about this a lot earlier in the year with Edmondson where they were in the right position to defend, but they just didn't get the job done. A lot of easy goals for the opposition where you're like, you know what? The coverage was there. They had the players back. They had the players in the position. What happened in that split of the moment? You know, and I'll go to that Braden Point goal. Now, Kucherov walks down Main Street. It's a delayed call on McDavid. He comes down Main Street. The puck kind of rolls off of his stick. You have to credit Braden Point in that position. Now, I do think Nima Linek could have done more with Point in front of the net. Now, I know that you don't want to screen your goaltender, so if he shoves him a little bit further, he's going to stand right in front of Mikko, uh, Sorry, of Mike Smith, who is fronting Kucherov, one of the best snipers in the game, and he's got to, he's got to bear down on that guy. The puck comes through, but what Braden Point did, though, was he just kind of flared his skate and took the puck off the skate and quickly took a forehand shot. Mike Smith made the first save. Like, he didn't make the second one, but he made the first one that was a foot from him. So... He had to respect that all the way until that puck was kicked off the skate quickly to the, the, to the stick, and he took that first whack, and then he was able to jam home the rebound with Legison barreling down on him. Probably had room to lift the stick there, and Nemo Lyon at six foot six that can't seem to get a stick in there and just take that second opportunity away. Now, listen, Braden Point's been doing that for his entire career since he was eight years old when I used to watch him play for Calgary, and, you know, this is how he's made his career and why he's one of the best players in the game, but... Those are the types of situations for me where you need to come up with that. You need to, and, and, I'll, and I'll flip it on the other side. How difficult is it for Edmonton to get that clean of a look in tight on a goaltender of the opposition as of late? They just aren't there. You have to work extremely hard. They had three in the first period, two by Hyman, one by Nugent Hopkins. Right out of the gates, Hyman with a one-time opportunity, and he just didn't get all the shot away. Had a second one from the other side of the net, another good play. They had to work extremely hard to get that shot. They weren't clean, clean. They were through traffic. A stick was still in the area. It had to be taken speed. 
split second or else he wasn't getting that shot away. Ryan Nugent Hopkins made a quick little decision to turn and shoot that puck, still had sticks in the position that we're defending. It wasn't clean. So that's all it is. I think it's just tightening up in front of the goaltender. And yes, for, for Mike Smith, he's come back. It's been a real difficult year for him. For Miko Koskinen, there's been stretches that have been really good and really bad. For Stuart Skinner, the same thing, who probably, well, does have the best numbers of the three goalies this year. I think the better the team gets in front of them, the better they're going to be. I truly believe that. And I think that's the situation they're in right now. No question it's something they're going to look into. Is Stuart Skinner the answer? I mean, listen, how long do they wait before they give him a longer look as the starter to come in here and play a ton of games in a row? I just don't think they want to put him in that position right now because you have three defensemen that have 79 games combined. You, know, you have four defensemen that are 23 or younger. I mean, Evan Bouchard's still a young, young defenseman, and he only has, I believe, four less games than the other three guys combined. So they're dealing with this right now. They're trying to deal with it by committee, but I, I just don't know if the answer is out there right now to go and pluck a goaltender or try and make that type of a deal, if it's even possible to make that type of a deal and bring a goaltender in. I just don't know if it corrects the problem. Chatting with Louis DeBrasque from Sportsnet for our friends at GCL Diesel. And Louis, I wonder if you caught any of, um, I know Keith Jones said on the TNT broadcast that Mike Smith was was giving it to the young defense after that, the poor marking on that third goal. And obviously frustration with the nature of the goals that have been going in lately. Um, what do you make of that? And, and I know Bob's got pretty strong feelings about showing up young players, as it were. I don't, you know, I didn't see it directly, so I don't know if it was showing up and everybody responds to that a little differently I assume I just wonder whether this is the right time for that kind of thing to be coming out given the uncertainty in Edmonton's net well there's pressure and there's stress there too and I think Mike Smith more than anybody wants to come in and be the guy he wants to come in there and make sure he's playing well and it just hasn't gone well for him Uh, in the wins of course it has but in the losses it's been glaring they just haven't been good enough number one in front of him and he hasn't made the saves when he's needed to make the saves it's just it's reality that's the truth so um, it's kind of a catch-22. I can understand why emotions boil over a bit. It's a young defense course, so as a veteran guy that's been around for a long time, he's trying to key them in just to be harder in certain areas. I do believe there's a different way you can do that. You can do that at the bench. You know, goaltenders skate to the bench all the time. They have a conversation along the bench. It is difficult. He's a fiery guy. He's emotional. Um, that goal from Braden Point, which I'm assuming is the one you're talking about, because we yeah. didn't see it either. I know that Jack and I talked about it afterwards, and we heard that, that Jones, he had mentioned something about it, or maybe Eddie Olchuk, who was calling the game um, last night, had mentioned something about it. I honestly didn't see it myself either, because, you know, unfortunately we don't have that view from where we're sitting. But the, the thing is, like, it happens. It happens sometimes. I, I don't necessarily think it was too big of a deal. I think it might have just been a quick chirp or something afterwards, like, hey, you have to take that guy's stick, which I actually said in my, my analysis of the goal. Yeah. I said, you know what? You can't allow a guy to bash away at your goaltender twice when you're six foot six stand for that. Now, listen, I love what Nibelainen does. Nine hits last night. I mean, and the thing, the thing with the nine hits, too, you have to remember, that's an opposing team's building. So that's not the homer hits that you get some places in this league. Like Long that's Island. Going, yeah, that, exactly. That's going <laughs> into the opposing building of a team and getting nine hits on the, on the sheet from somebody else that's judging those nine hits. And it doesn't matter where he goes. He seems to get those hits because you know why? He's continually finishing people off. It doesn't have to be a bone-crushing hit, 
But he's throwing his weight around. He's trying to stop the entry into the zone, stop the cycle. He does a lot of great things. And I, and I do believe they're working through those growing pains right now. If you listen to Jay Woodcroft after the game, he said the same thing. He wasn't going to throw his goals under the bus. He wasn't going to say, listen, you know, he's got to make those saves. Those are fluky goals. Even the Stamkos goal went off of Lagos' stick. Yeah. So that's a, a laser of a wrister that he's thinking is coming square into his chest, takes a left-hand turn, nicks off his shoulder, and goes under the bar. Do you really blame a goaltender for that? Now, people are going to say, well, he was down already. Well, he's got to respect the fact that the shot was going to come from the point coming through all that traffic. He's going down to try and make the save potentially on him. It, it's just the way goaltenders play. Now, he slides across. There was half a foot under the bar for that puck to go in the net. That's it. And it went in. There's nothing you can do about it. I, I looked at it. Honestly, they didn't get the breaks they deserved. I thought they played a real solid game. And I, I know that that's not, you know, moral victories. I think people are sick of those this year. But to be honest with you, up against, the, you know, one of the best teams in the league and the best team in the last two years and a team that everybody wants to emulate and wants to copy because of the way they've organizationally put things together with that franchise for years now, wants to be that team, wants to be the team that has that depth in the back end, has that depth in, in the four positions, and has the best goaltender in the game. Anybody would want that. Um, you know, and I, and I just think that that's what a lot of teams are striving to have. I thought they played a pretty sound game. I thought they came out, they dictated, they created. Vasilevsky, another great performance by him, could have been much different if it wasn't for him. And you got to take your hat sometimes in that. But I, I understand where people are coming from. Yes, they need to get saves. They need to get saves early, most importantly, because that seems to be when goals are going in on Edmonton right now, early on in that first five to ten shots. It's, you're chasing the game once again. You'll be, you'll be dominating a team. They'll come down like Maroon did. I thought Edmonton was in control that first period. Maroon comes down, fires a backhand on net. Smith makes the first save, goes off the skate of his own player, back into his own net. You kind of shake your head at that, but that's just the breaks right now that are happening for Edmonton. They have to work through that because they've got another team on Saturday afternoon that uh, can put the puck in the back of the net too. Well, and isn't that the problem moving forward for them is it doesn't get any easier the rest of the way here. So I'll be curious to see the the deployment of the goaltenders moving forward or if there's even a lot of extra thought put into that because of the nature of the goals that were scored, right? And part yeah. of it, Louis, I think I want to get a couple thoughts from you here just with respect to the goaltending and what it's meant to the, uh, the penalty kill and why that's been slipping somewhat. I think they're in the bottom third of the league now. They allowed another short or a, a power play goal to Tampa last night and it's, it just seems like a common theme oh, yeah. every game they're allowing something against another deflection two feet from the goaltender yeah yeah that that one where Sergeyev had a one-time blast from i would say hash mark area and it went off the stick of perry and found its way past mike smith i don't blame him on that goal either mm -hmm. i know it's it's just the nature of the beast and i'm just going to call it how i see it i mean if he if he should have stopped the puck absolutely i you know that goal by point again, I looked at it and said, why was he so extended? I thought, I wondered why Smith was so extended in a situation where, you know, the puck kind of dribbled to him, but it was because he thought that puck was going to come through point. So he had to go down and make a reaction like he thought that puck was going to come down. He kicked it to his skate, which made him have to extend once. He made the first save, and then he did extend right to the post, but Braden Point was just harder on the stick than the three people that were around him, the goaltender and the two defensemen that were right there, and was able to put that home. 
So there's, there's always circumstances and goals like that that happen. But if it's just clean ones, and I know against Minnesota, those were clean shots. So you're saying that's mano a mano, that's point blank, four guys that shot that puck, he didn't come up with one of those saves. Okay, I, I can see that argument. I could say, I get you. He should, if he comes up with one or two of those saves, it's only a two-goal game, which gives you the confidence to be able to come back in that. Now that's the difference. The opposing goaltenders that Edmonton are playing right now are coming up with those saves. They're coming up with those big saves early in games where it's, I don't want to say it's deflating Edmonton because I, I really like the way they've been able to push through things, but it's certainly, you know, making them scratch their heads saying, how are we going to score a goal here early if a goaltender on the other side keeps making these big saves like this and all of a sudden, bang, a fluky one goes in the other end, that can be really deflating. Credit to Edmonton last night, though, down in the game going into the third period. They were able to claw back to one and hit the bar late to almost tie the game. They were the dominating. They only had 23 shots against. I mean, that was that's a pretty impressive performance against two-time Stanley Cup champions. But, yeah, you know what? Um, I, I think, for me, I, I think that the coaches are going to look at it the same way. They're not going to sit here. I know we get a little more emotional as fans, as people that watch games and we're passionate about it. We're going to get a little more emotional on it. They're going to systematically break this down, look at each and every goal, every situation, and say, okay, this guy gives us the best chance to win tonight. That's who's going to start. Is it Mike Smith on Saturday? You know, maybe they lean towards Miko Koskinen. You know, he hasn't lost in regulation in six starts. So it might be his turn to get in there, and if he wins, I think you run with him. I really do. Not in a back-to-back situation necessarily. I think that, you know, you're going to split between the two goaltenders in the next two games, but – if, if Miko Kostin goes in there and gets a big win, I think he might be the guy that starts in Philadelphia and potentially starts the following game after that. I think you have to start riding the hot hand. Whoever gives you the best chance to win because of their play now has to be the goalie that gets that next start. And I wonder whether that would have been different just given the relationship between Smith and Tippett and how we saw the utilization before. Louis, appreciate yeah. the insight, man. Yeah. Do you want to weigh in on that? Well, you know what? I, I mean, listen, he is the starter, right? I mean, everybody knew with the season he had last year, barring no injuries at the start of this year, Mike Smith was coming in again as being the designated starter. There was no question about that. Now, you always want internal competition. So, Miko Koskinen rips the reins out of his hands. Great. That's awesome. You always want that competition, especially in goaltending. But uh, Mike Smith, it was his until he got hurt early on. He had two wins under his belt, and it's been a grueling season for him to get back from injuries and get stabilized. Um, it's a couple losses. It's a couple losses to very good teams that I think in the second one versus Tampa Bay, they played very well. It's a tough loss. We'll see how things go forward here, but I'm not hitting that major panic button just yet on a couple losses after they won five straight. Awesome. Thanks for the time, Louie. Uh, looking forward to hearing you this weekend. Have a great call. All right. Take care. Louis DeBrusque from uh, NHL Hockey on Rogers, Sportsnet color analyst, brought to you each Thursday on Oilers Now by GCL Diesel, providing genuine diesel parts and turbochargers at great prices since 1972. Head to gcldiesel.com. Call in a quick timeout. We'll be back with the injury report for our friends at James H. Brown, Injury Lawyers. This is Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Holy man, you are angry. You are an angry bunch today. You're angry at the goaltending. You're angry at the notion that it's anything other than the goaltending that's causing this problem. And frankly, you're not willing to listen to anything other than, well, probably your own idea of a solution. And that's okay. I mean, talk radio is here to, well... (laughs) It was as you like. You don't have to agree. Oh, my goodness. 
All righty. The Oilers Now Injury Report is brought to you by James H. Brown Injury Lawyers. Unrivaled experience, unrivaled commitment, unrivaled results. You know that, yes, Apoyarvi still out a few more weeks with a lower body problem. Zach Cassian's still in town here, so is Duncan Keith. They are each week to week with upper body injuries. Cassian on the way back from the broken jaw. Keith had a concussion, crashing hard into the boards and uh, a couple other Uh, upper body dings as well. Chris Russell day-to-day on the IR, and so is Kyle Turris, who has a back issue. Going to talk to George LaRock about what's going on in Montreal. Josh Anderson and Paul Byron both injured in the Habs win over Buffalo last night. Anderson down to block a shot. He ended up taking the puck right in the head, just like Cassian did. So each player ended up actually hospitalized overnight for precautionary reasons, but have since rejoined the team. Um, Could the goaltender there possibly shake loose in the off? Offseason? I guess we'd find out. I guess we find out. I know at one point, George LaRock was adamant that this was the goaltending solution for Edmonton. Carey Price. He's going to talk tomorrow about his health and his future in the game. I wonder what that might entail. We'll talk to the big man when we come back, former heavyweight champ of the NHL. Also going to hear from Cam Moon a little later on uh, down the pipe voice of the Oilers and has been all month long on 630 Chad. You're going to hear Jack a couple times coming up in March, but uh, Cam's been the guy. He'll have his thoughts on the Oilers' recent performances. Right now, we are off to a global news weather traffic update with Kevin Robertson. And when we come back, we'll check in with George LaRock on Oilers Now. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.